And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 259 of the World of Myth Bits. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of the World of Mythbits podcast, where I, Tim, get to ramble on uh, about all things life, all things literature, uh, and all things about the wonderful Dark Myth and JZO Mod company, family, um, the the many fingers in many pies that uh, that is this revolving and evolving beasts um the uh the pot of uh, of wondrous creativity uh that we can all throw our ideas into uh and uh with a uh, a couple of stirs a few magic words and um the amazing genius happens so uh i just wanted to sort of theme this one on um i don't know uh, su- support supporting friends um there's there's probably just a a whole lot of ram- rambleness like like any any spell any uh any story you sort of just throw throw whatever comes to mind into the pot uh and yeah we'll uh we'll see what uh what bubbles away and uh, and what comes out in the end but before we go too far, I just wanted to mention a couple of things uh, as housekeeping. There's there's not a lot that um, that our wonderful president, uh, Mr. David K. Montoya, has asked me to mention, but I thought for um, for one thing, big big news for um, for our friend. Uh, and well-known author Jim Bates. Congratulations, Jim, uh, on a brand new book coming out, uh, Eye of the Beholder. Uh, it might be a chapbook, maybe. Um, yeah, pretty thrilled for you, my friend. The, uh, this, is, uh, this is amazing, just um, a, another Jim Bates book. Uh, such a... Uh, a, a clever gifted storyteller uh i'm sure that uh, that this will be a uh, uh another uh another that uh, that certainly will not disappoint um speaking of of friends uh i just wanted to mention as well um the oh the 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 big news that the January edition of the World of Mythbits, uh, the January edition of the World of Myth magazine, is out now. Uh, I had a bit of a look. Um, was released. Had a uh, a bit of a look a couple of nights ago. Uh, again, wonderful, stunning cover. Um, is it Mo- Move? Capital M, lowercase O, capital V. I think is the um, the artist. 
uh, and it sounds from the uh, the intro that Steph's done for um, for this magazine. It sounds as though this is uh, another artist that's sort of come from uh, early on in the um, the life of the magazine, perhaps, and um, has uh, has sort of it's it's all coming full circle. I reckon uh, we are coming up to um, the official twentieth anniversary of the magazine. the uh, The original magazine, I reckon, was early September two thousand and four. So we're a few. Oh, what nine nine eight nine months away from uh, from celebrating uh, the twentieth anniversary, which is an incredible feat. Uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful news. Um, but on the flip side of that, it, it is a company and I've always wondered about the, uh, the difficulties and the challenges of, um, running a, um, an independent publisher. I think uh, I think any small company is going to be tough at times, and yeah, I I think now um, reading through the uh, the first magazine for twenty twenty four, reading through, and you don't even have to read between the lines the message that uh, that's Steph sort of sent out as. Uh, as chief editor, um, on behalf of Dave, uh, the GoFundMe page that's like um, that's recently gone up. That simply says to keep the lights on, to help the business continue, so that it's not Dave bleeding from the heart and bleeding from his account. And the the challenges that the family is going through, um, the it's a real it's not not a call to arms per se, but it's definitely a resounding call to all of us who are fans of what this amazing family is doing, what this incredible company is doing. Um, if you want the podcasts to continue, if you want to see more comic books coming out. Um, the the platform for sharing our stories, our poetry, our our artworks, um, the the reviews, the the passion that we have for for literature, for film, for art. If if we want to have a place where we can continue to share these kinds of things, well, now is the time to say yes. Now is the time to show your appreciation and to show your support. It's, it's, it's tough to ask, I think. And there are, there are some people that just struggle and push on and we believe that, that we can do it, that we, we, we don't have to to 
lean on our our friends and our family that we ourselves will be enough but sometimes you find that you're in a situation where you need that help you need to be able to ask and i'm so glad that um that steph and dave have actually taken the opportunity to say hey we we've pushed ourselves as much as we possibly can we've we've we we don't want things to stop and the personally i i definitely don't want things to stop uh and i'm sure that there are many of you out there that feel exactly the same way so please please if you can check out the um world of myth facebook page uh find the link follow the the link to the gofundme page uh and just give what you can that's um that's that's all that we're asking for at the moment just help to keep the lights on help to keep new books new um comic books the next magazine um keep the podcast going uh i i for one would appreciate the the opportunity to uh to continue to have a voice uh this is something um i was saying to um to dave and to steph the the chance to get books published like my my two books i've i've self published my own book and that sort of started my um my journey into getting stories published online and uh etc etc so sort of seeing that those anthology opportunities with different companies um I'm I'm glad I published something myself but I'm very reluctant to try that again. I'm I was not overly happy with the with the result. Um there's probably a lot that can be done to uh to fix the um the the errors of my ways that that initial publishing journey. Uh but bes- beside that the um the other two books that I've got in published in my name uh with hopefully a third one on the way this year that they are um published through this company published published um with the help of uh of Dave and Steph I could not do it without them uh and I know um there's a a few of us that uh that have um books published by um by these guys uh and um yeah i'm i'm in- incredibly grateful for that that wonderful opportunity and that incredible support that helping an amateur writer through that process of creating a physical book and a product to be proud of so i i for one have a lot lot to be um thankful for um and yeah i'm i'm just hoping that there are others out there that are in the same boat others out there that are, have that that opportunity to give a little so that when enough of us give a little then it all amounts to a lot and it all amounts to uh to what what's needed so that um yeah life life can go on the company can go on uh and um yeah hopefully there's another 20 years or 40 years or even 100 years worth of um 
of this, uh, this amazing journey still ahead of us. So, with, with that said, uh, and while you're, you're hopefully jumping online and, uh, and hopefully trying to find that, uh, that GoFundMe page and that opportunity, um, I just wanted to switch tacks now and, uh, and um, talk, uh, talk about literacy that gets turned into the visual medium the um, i'm yeah i'm talking i'm talking now uh there have been a couple and i've mentioned a, a, a few times the um like the the netflix series uh nine perfect strangers the that's um the there's um like the the book uh the book the dry it's like a uh, an australian what is I don't know would it be a classic it's it's probably too early to be a classic it's only a few years old um but the um another great example of book turned into visual medium uh is a uh, another Netflix series that my wife and I have stumbled across uh she had recommended to her Boy Swallows Universe uh I know it's a book uh, off the top of my head, bad, bad, bad librarian. I don't know who the author is, um, but we've uh, we've decided to to give it a go. It's a, um, a seven episode series, which is odd because a lot of these sort of book to TV series as of late. Um, and a lot of like it just it seems to be the formula. Uh, eight seems to be the magic number. It's almost uh, Terry uh, Terry Pratchett, the color of magic. The um the the number for magic I think was eight. Um, but eight see yeah eight seems to be the magic number, and for whatever weird reason, um, Boys Follows Universe had seven episodes. It's not at all like not. I've I've heard within Library Land. I've heard along the um, the the literacy grapevine uh, that it is a great series. Um, it is a um, popular series. Oh, sorry, popular series. No, it is a great book. Uh, like a great story to read. Uh, it's uh, it's quite popular. It's very much in the in the forefront of people's minds at the moment. Having not read the book uh, and not really heard much at all about what the book is about, it was interesting to go into the series uh, and discover a it's Australian. Uh, it's set in Brisbane, um, which is the um, one of the capital cities in. Uh, one of the north, so the north eastern state of Australia. Um, so quite, quite warm, quite, quite tropical. Um, it's set in the late eighties. So the theme song, like the uh, the music throughout, um, 
was the the sort of music that my wife and I grew up with, like through our um our our late childhood, uh, teenage years, um, that that Aussie rock, uh, classic classic Aussie rock, um, so yeah, it was very uh, catchy, sort of like it it made you smile whenever a new song came on. It's like I know that one, I know that one, I know that one. Um, very common, or not, not common, very, um, familiar, uh, and, uh, the, it triggers nostalgic emotions, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's joy, it's fun, um, but the actual nature of the series itself uh, the actual nature of the book or the story from what I've gleaned from watching the series. Very gritty. Very, uh, very dark. Very black, black humour, almost. Or not even black humour. Just sort of, yeah, very... Yeah, it was, it was an, an interesting one. Indeed. Definitely a uh, an uh, an interesting one. Um, one I can certainly recommend, though, for uh, for those who um, who like Aussie drama, um, who uh, who like interesting characters, uh, and if you've got the uh, if your your stomach's not too squeamish. Um, Definitely one to recommend. So, I'd, yeah. I'd, I don't know if it's just... Got popularity through Australia. Because of the Australian elements in the story. Um, and that link back to, uh, to Australian history. And a bit of a dark period. A dark past. It's... Um, yeah. It'll be... Interesting to know if this is one that's as popular uh, around other parts of the world uh, and if it's one that um, sort of translates to, um, to other, uh, other sort of pockets um, as well, sort of beyond Aussie shores. Yeah, it'd, uh, it'd be a, a very, very interesting one, that's for sure. Um, for those who are interested, the, uh, the school holiday period, the summer school holidays for us here in South Australia, uh, are wrapping up now. We've only got a, uh, a couple of days left before the kids are back at school. And, um, for, um, for me at our local library, the, um, the local library where I work, it's been, uh, a couple of days of the, um, the last hurrah of the uh, the school holiday program that we've had going. So just wanted to let you all know, uh, I did a, uh, a bit of an Alice in Wonderland themed escape room for, um, for the kids. This is probably the, what would it be? This is coming up to the end of the second year. Uh, I know for a fact... Well, this might even be the the um, the start. I can't remember if I did a um. 
what are we now 2020 so i can't remember if we did uh an escape room in january 2022 maybe we did maybe i uh i'm not entirely sure i know for a fact i've done two easter themed ones at least i've done a haunted house one for um october that was last year um done a um a pirate one done a spy one like a um a spy school one um yeah so we're we're thinking uh a uh, a certain magical school for um for the april holiday program that we've got coming up uh and um yeah we'll uh, we'll see what we can sort of come up with there but with the one the wonderland one that um that I've recently done um I was hoping to actually get together with uh with somebody from our amateur theater company here um here in the bridge uh and unfortunately that fell through I was very very excited about the opportunity to uh to sort of catch up with um with my mate Andrew and hopefully get uh maybe the the use of um of some of the theater backdrops that um that could help to uh to create the scene create the scenario actually get the like what looked like a rabbit hole that um that you sort of pass through in order to enter into the first room or um some of the uh some props i mean the the this the team that i've got were wonderful in uh getting like old style teapots and uh fake flowers for me to use and the that sort of thing so yeah i th- i think we did create a uh, a wonderful wonderful scenario for the kids and all the kids that have come through whether they're familiar with the escape rooms that we um we've run before or whether these were, this was the first escape room that they've ever done at the Murray Bridge Library, or if it was their first escape room that they've ever done. All of the kids seem to, uh, to enjoy it and seem to get a lot out of it. Uh, my kids uh, are probably getting a bit too old for especially my, my kids. My nieces, not so much. Um, they're still like a good age. They're around that... Um, that uh, 12 11 12 um 9 and 5 i think so they're um like a a really good age for um for those sort of challenges and the and the style and that seems to be the average age of the kids that are sort of coming through um my um my teens uh that are still sort of supporting dad in the different activities um my uh my wonderful wife still tries to book them in for um for for various things which is which is one of the reasons why I love her to bits just the amazing support that she uh, she offers the um the way that she encourages me uh in the creative side of the work that I do for um for community uh and for um for yeah the the library the council that I work for um the the groups that came through unfortunately being the summer holidays the summer holidays are a challenge for us we seem to get a lot more families through 
but with a lot more families visiting the library because it's a like a six seven week break uh and um especially that middle to end of the of the holiday period families are literally looking for things to do uh, and often free things to do um so uh yeah the um the library is uh is usually a good place for them uh, for them to c- to come and visit and to check out um and they're always keen to know what activities we've got going on and um it's disappointing that we've got families booked in for things like the escape room the escape rooms proving to be very very popular regardless of the theme uh it's a real challenge for families to actually book in and uh and come along and attend the escape rooms uh at the at the library now it uh it seems to be something that uh that's gained a lot of popularity but it was disappointing this uh this time around we had a lot of families booked in a lot of kids booked in and only half of the kids in each group turned up so um we might have had two families and six kids all together uh and only one family and three kids or one family and two kids turned up um and that's that's annoying for us because we've had to turn families away that genuinely want to come uh and genuinely could come and would turn up but without knowing on the day who's going to show and who's not uh and of course you've got things like um illness like kids get sick um people forget uh there's yeah there's there's lots and lots of reasons why things don't go to plan but it's still disappointing when it happens uh and what i was finding is i thought that this activity that i'd set up this particular escape room was going to be my hardest one yet giving the kids 20 minutes to uh to complete an escape room and um having of the uh of the the four groups having the first three groups take 17 to 18 minutes get through and that was with clues that was with me encouraging them to uh to think certain ways to um to to sort of take that next step they'd uncovered half of the puzzle or unraveled half of the riddle um and then just being able to to take it to that that next stage that solved there was the 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 final clue um that um yeah that was that's sort of my role as the um the guide through the escape room um my my kids and the the group that they were in there's is basically the my two daughters and, and my nieces um and then there was another family that sort of tacked on the end of that so that was probably too big a group uh and what i was finding as well is it was difficult to actually have enough for them to do whereas the smaller groups there was too much for the kids to do and that was taking them a lot longer to do it um my my kids i literally gave them no clues uh and tried to make it more difficult for them because they were where like the 
first three groups, it was taking them eight to ten minutes to move from the first room into the second, uh, and then another five or six minutes to get into the third room, third and final room, in order to um, then go and look for the rabbit as like the, the final thing. My kids were five minutes into the first room, um, ten minutes into the second room, uh, and then it was literally the 11th minute coming, creeping to the 12th minute was when they found the final clue, the, ra- the rabbit that had to attend the tea party, uh, and then all sat down, all flipped over their cards, all, and then that was the, the stop of the time. The, they're just too clever. It's finding the challenge that finding the right challenge, right level of of difficulty for the the size of group because I I have to remember that it's always going to be my kids, my nieces and maybe another family the um it's it almost it almost might be good to actually limit each group to five instead of six because i'm thinking making a, a group of six what's happening is the um the the staff that book the families in are seeing that there's a space free so five kids are booked in that's two families um there's they're seeing that um yeah that's it's yeah it's it's it was too many kids but then just thinking i had this this complexity where we've got like this little mini seesaw and i wanted them to balance blocks on the seat and then spin it around and then drop the block into a crate uh, in in order to um, to do that as a a uh, as a challenge, find the blocks first of all. I had like the um, the box where you put your hand in, and it's all like mud or jelly or like all the weird sticky stuff. Um, I had um, fake flowers, the like the um, the papery plasticky sort of feel. I had bubble wrap in another box. Uh, I had um, Christmas tree tinsel in uh, in another one. Um, uh, yeah, just all weird sensation type stuff where you, you sort of shove your hand in and it's like, this is odd, this is weird. Oh, but here's the plastic block that I'm looking for. Um, yeah, and so popping the, the block on the seat of the seesaw and then spinning it around and up and down, tr- shaking it off into the... My kids just grabbed the block, hopped up on the stage ignored the seesaw, threw it towards the plastic crate and got it in. And it's like something that would normally take you probably a minute to sort of carefully spin around and kept... It was two seconds for these, these kids to, to, um, to achieve. So I sort of had to... Whereas I was helping the other kids that was sort of struggling with it and doing what I designed the puzzle to be, I, I was helping them to actually get through that as quickly as I could I had to hinder my family 
to by saying, oh, you've put three green blocks in the green crate. There's only meant to be two green blocks in there. So all three of your green blocks get chucked back to the, the back of the room for you to try again. Uh, and um, yeah, that was, but even then, like they, they quickly cottoned on to the fact that they put two blue blocks in and there was only meant to be one. They worked out, oh, well, we'll just put one blue block in. We'll put one block in each. Okay, that hasn't fixed. Uh, that hasn't finished the puzzle. All right, we'll put two green blocks in and two red blocks in. That hasn't finished the puzzle. All right, we'll put a third red block in. That has finished the puzzle. All right, let, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. It was very... Uh, but it didn't even take that long. It was like, okay, so that, that didn't work. All right, that didn't work. Okay, so the third attempt within 30 seconds... Um, was bang, 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 done. It was impressive and ridiculous, and I, I was, I was proud as a father, but annoyed as a activity designer. The the fact that, um, but then they came out like eleven, twelve minutes. The fact that they were five minutes faster than uh, the next fastest team um and they were proud as punch they were basically yep we uh we creamed it again we're still the champions um and i reckon out of probably a dozen maybe escape rooms that i've run so far i reckon at least 10 of them or no at least nine at least nine of them maybe 10 of them um the uh the law crook team with whoever else is is with them, uh, have have uh, have always won the um, the bragging rights of uh, of the fastest team, whether they're team three or team four, um, and even that's sometimes I even sneak in a fifth team, uh, and then they're they're usually faster than. Um, than all of the other teams, uh, they just, they just seem to have that knack. Like like I keep saying with my um, my haunted house at room that I did for uh, for uh, October one um, one year. I reckon it was October last year. The um, the first time that we could actually blacken out the the room uh, and actually make sure that there was no no peeking, no um, no cheating. Um, the, um, yeah, or was it October the year before? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, um, one of the things that they had to figure out was how many bones are in a complete human skeleton. Uh, an adult skeleton, I, uh, I wanted to specify because the, um, the kid skeleton, of course, there's still bones that are forming, uh, bones that, um, that are still in a, a couple of pieces that um, that need to forge, forge together over the um, over the years of development. Uh, so um, yeah, rather than it being like two hundred and ten, two hundred and twelve, two hundred and six is the answer to that. And um, when the um, when the riddle asked, and they worked out what they needed to um, to discover. Uh, my youngest daughter blurted out straight away, oh, that's 206, I know that. Uh, 
And I'm like, mm, maybe for everyone else, let's see if we can find the information in a book. Because I had like the the horror setup of the um the the plastic doll with the head turned backwards holding holding the book uh with the um the only source of light in the space uh shining down on this little child um so the the whole point it was designed to to give them the kids that brief moment of fright uh of surprise and and shock uh, and if they weren't going to look for the book and they weren't going that that was never going to happen so I, I wanted to encourage them to do that but it's just proof of how smart my kids are and proof of how much I don't realise uh, I, I just I keep forgetting I think uh, and so when I'm actually setting, I, I set the challenges for everyone, but I need to try and make it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's yeah, it's, it's difficult to, um, to sort of plan within the, the time frame how long it's going to take particular families and particular groups to to get through all the way to the end because you don't want kids to run out of time you don't want to go ah bad luck you lose it's it's more it's it's wanting them to be able to uh achieve and then it's the yeah it's the it's the bragging rights it's the um it's the the reward of being able to say I'm the fastest. Um, yeah, that's that's what the the kids do it for. That's that's why. Uh, and it's the families come down to be entertained. The families come down to have fun. And so if I can entertain them, I can make it fun, uh, and I can make it a bit of a competition. Then yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Um, but yeah, it's it's trying to find that right level of challenge for maybe I should have it stepped maybe I should have it so that the older group with the older kids or the more kids has to achieve an extra activity in order to unlock something to be able to continue on. Yeah, maybe. That's, yeah, we will, yeah, we, we will squirrel that idea away for April uh, and, uh, and see how well that works. Yes. Is, is that, is that leveling the playing field? Or, uh, or is that just me being petty? We'll, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to mention uh, in this episode of, uh, of the 
world of myth bits uh, is I just wanted to um, mention the uh, the incredible Dane certificate. Dane certificate is a magician and um, one that is uh, is based here in Australia uh, over in the state of Victoria um, doing a tour for the um, the January school holidays for the um, Australian area South South Australian area I think uh, and we were lucky enough to to have him and we've had some magicians at the Murray Ridge Library before some really good uh, some okay but uh, Dane Dane you you can get the sense of magicians close-up magic the magicians that performed like the magicians of old the the magicians that that had the flair the interesting tricks um the he was fun he was great uh and he had an adorable japanese girlfriend too that um that came along with him uh and where um we're looking forward to having them return, hopefully in uh, in April, as part of our um, our April school holiday activities, uh, and um, hoping to have them return to do a traditional Japanese uh, like um, Dane's girlfriend uh, Osaka, I think her name was. Um, who better to get to do a um, traditional Japanese cultural activity like origami than somebody from Japan? Uh, I, yeah, I, it was just too good an opportunity when um, when Dane was sort of mentioning that Osaka does um, traditional Japanese origami as as an activity um yeah be, being able to say uh, are we interested are we keen the um nine times out of ten the uh, the answer is always yes and uh and this was one of those nine times it was uh it was a very very easy yes um so yeah our um our april activity program it's it's a bit surreal but then a, a lot of libraries seem to be planning 12 months ahead. And that's not something that I'm, I'm very much a... Um, I, I plan our events program like I write stories. It's very seat of the pants. And it frustrates the heck out of uh, many, many of my, um, my other staff. Uh, especially our um, events promotion team. Our social media team. Um, yeah, yes, there, ah, the, what's going on with this event? Or, um, we see that, uh, that in the meeting room we have this coming up. Is this something that we're officially promoting? Uh, is this something that we should have a bookings, an events page for? Um, Tim, tell us more. What do you know about this coming up? Or what do you know about these people? Or what do you know about, and, um, yeah, it's a it's a constant struggle with these uh, these poor teammates of mine to uh, to try and keep up with uh, with how often I say yes and how often I I tell people 
that um, that uh, they can uh, they can come along and they can be a part of what we're doing. And uh, but but at the end of the day, it's all about community, and it's all about doing wonderful things for community and for doing things for people, for families, for the retirees, for the elderly. Uh, for the gardeners, for um, th- those of us who have interesting hobbies, uh, those of us who need advice, the um, there's just a uh, it's a it's a great community platform, uh, and it's much like an independent publishing company. Uh, it's it's all about creating community, and it's all about creating opportunities. So I just wanted to finish off with uh, with about uh, a big shout out um, to uh, to Steph and Dave. Thank you so much for everything that you have done over these twenty years, and hopefully, with the help of our amazing family, our amazing community of creators, hopefully, uh, and listeners as well. The, uh, the listeners out there, those of you who are um, enjoying hearing my voice or hearing one of the other Jazo Mod uh, podcasts, uh, Jazo Mon podcasts um, over your, um, your, your dinner or your morning coffee or, uh, or whatever it is that you're doing, um, make sure that you jump on, make sure that you check out the GoFundMe page. Um, every little bit counts. Thank you.